Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lockdown Indians podcast. No intro today, so I can uh, finagle some things. Uh, our fantastic podcast, a very special one, is brought to you by rockauto.com. Fantastic prices, great selection, easy to navigate, rockauto.com. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I've talked about my father and how my father and his mother were kind of the beginnings of me and my love of baseball. And they were the ones where I would talk stats and get to know players. And I'm a little sad that in this interview that is upcoming with my father, I forgot to talk to him about his love of stats because it started with him. Now, he is more of a a pitcher win person, an RBI guy, uh, so a little bit antithetical to how I am nowadays. But uh, I would cut the paper... I remember sitting there and cutting out the, the stats from the Beacon Journal every Sunday, and we would dig over the minor league stats together. I've told a story about us being excited and interested about this pitcher named Colin with an ERA under two in the lower minors and things like that. So that, unfortunately, is not in here. Um, if you've not been listening to the show for a long time, in March of this year, uh, my father had a stroke, and at the time it looked very serious, and I rushed back home uh, right before the world went a bit crazy and had a chance to spend time with him at the hospital and kind of prepared for the worst and he recovered and he got his language back and we were able to have this conversation at the beginning of July is when I recorded it and yeah just keep in mind this conversation that I'm having that uh, here's a, a man in his late 60s who is just three months out from a stroke but it was a great opportunity and I promised that eventually I would uh, sit down and get this podcast out there me and my father talking baseball I hope uh, everyone enjoys it, and without much further ado, here we go. Hello everyone, this is Jeff Ellis of the Lockdown Indians Podcast with my father, Jeff Ellis. I thought it would be fun to do a whole episode because it was through him and his mother, my granny, that uh, introduced me to the Indians and baseball, that just to pepper him with some questions, get his take. Now, one of the things I wanted to lead off with was you took me to my first Indians game ever, and I don't know how much you remember this. It was at Old Municipal. Uh, it was the Mariners versus the Indians. And I believe you took me, my sister, both of our cousins. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. hit a home run in his seventh straight game. And it started a stretch for me personally where Albert Bell hit uh, hit a home run in the first five games I went to. Uh, what was your first game? Do you remember going in person? Yeah, I remember. It was back, oh golly, I was young. That was back when... Uh... They didn't draw anybody. That was way, way, that was before they were any good. Might have been 1,000 or 2,000 people in that ballpark, but that's the way it always was there. Any memory that stands out from that game? Not really. No, nothing outstanding. It was uh, just a regular, regular ball. Do you remember how old you were? I had to be, golly, at least 16, 17 years old. Now, uh, a common thing that I feel like many people who grew up in the area claim is uh, that they were there at uh, Nickel Beer Night. Now, were you, do you remember? Yeah, you, I was there, but we left. You left. You could see that it was getting bad, and you decided yeah. it was best to leave. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was. I went for the ball game. I didn't go for the Nickel Beer or anything, and it, it was getting nasty as we were running along, and it just got to the point where, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, do you remember what inning you left in when you're like, this is not going to get any better? It wasn't that late. It was maybe the fifth inning, maybe. I don't know. I don't. That game only lasted seven innings, I think. Yeah, it was canceled. But I, I remember that you had uh, you had been there, so I thought it'd be fun to one of the more infamous nights because you were at Nickel Beer Night, 
And then myself, I was at the Browns game that was canceled for the uh, beer can throwing. Yeah. So between the two of us, we have both of the... Got them all covered. We got them covered. So the first Indians team I can really remember, uh, I followed a bit in the 80s with you guys. But it was really around 91 where I started following. And those early 90s, early 90 teams. As a kid, what was your like first team or your first favorite player? I like that. Woody Held had to be Woody Held. He was uh, just had that name that went with baseball. And uh, Bob Chance, uh, you know, God, some of them I can't remember, but uh, God, those were the days. I mean, they didn't have name players. They didn't have. Then they got a little bit better. They had Leon Daddy Wags, uh, Fred Whitfield, Radicky Calavito. Those guys with a form of them coming back, and then they it didn't pan out. Then the uh, when they finally started getting good was uh, when they were putting teams together themselves. You know, it was uh, it was I don't know. It was used to be went from not being able to give away tickets and not being able to get a ticket. I, I did a historical piece recently, and you know, you're talking about that era. Did you realize that um, Minnie Minoso, the great Chicago White Sox outfielder, was actually a Cleveland Indians outfielder that they gave away? Did yeah. you, you, so you knew that. Was that one of those stories that would come up when he would come to town? Not really. Minnie Minoso was not one of the prime prime stories, so okay. to speak. Because uh, he had those great years with the White Sox, and then he yeah. was... Um, well, Rocky Calavito's uh, best years weren't with the Indians. Uh, yeah. That was the stupidest trade they ever made in their life. It's uh, up there. I was trying to think. Uh, I did another historical piece about the worst trade they ever made, where they they helped build that Tigers team because I'm trying Norm Cash. They got Norm Cash and didn't even have him for four months before they gave him away to the Tigers. So then the Tigers had Calavito and Cash both thanks to the Cleveland Indians. Yep. So, when you were a kid, were there any? You know, this was before you had big TV contracts and the chance to see players. Were there any players that were a little more exciting when they came to town to get a chance to check oh, out? Oh, yeah, the Yankees came to town. Whenever the Yankees came, that was mm -hmm. the team. That was who you wanted to go see. That was the name players. Uh, not really, other than the Yankees. Uh, Detroit had a decent decent roster. Uh, that was about it. With... Uh, you talked about uh, a few players with the ups and downs. Was there any particular season as a kid that you enjoyed more or stood no. out to you? Cleveland was more always out of the gate. They went out of the gate fast. <coughs> and then they faded. What We'd be at school getting ready for summer break. And when we came, or Cleveland's up there where we live at, by the time we came back in the fall, mass place all the time. Uh, they had some, uh, they didn't really have any good, decent teams, period. Uh, just wasn't in the buck cards. Yeah, I would, I did, went through the historical data, and I think there was like one or two seasons over 500 during that time. It was, you know, you talked about the Calavito deal. Were there any other trades, good or bad, that stood out during your time? Not really, because I was in in between by the time I started really getting into them they had unloaded everybody and nobody in this world wanted to come to 
the guy at Cleveland. Uh, trying to think any name players, and I, I can't think of any name players that even would even consider coming here. Yeah, it was. You definitely kind of had the unfortunate thing of you know, we getting some, to be there at the darkest era of Cleveland baseball. Had, it was the one stretch where we had the pitching staff and we had the hitting. We had Sudden Sam McDowell. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of some other pitchers. Uh, Louis Tian was there with him. Right? Louis Tian, yep, it's another one. Um, These guys were all good. Mm-hmm. They were all major league, major league talent. Those guys were there. They had some hitting. I'm surprising that they didn't at least make a decent run, but it wasn't in the cards. Uh, something would always come up. Somebody get hurt. Somebody uh, get traded. Uh, but it was done. It was over. It was interesting going through the data because basically what you see is the Cleveland Indians were okay. And then where they got really good was when baseball integrated because they were so fast to integrate. So they got so much talent that other teams wouldn't get because they weren't integrating. So the Indians, you can follow their whole projection as like kind of a mid-tier team. Integration happens, and they get really good. That's when they win in 48 and make it uh, 53, right, where they have the great season and then lose to Mays. But they have that great era because they're smart, and they integrate before everyone else and get all that talent. And then they hit that wall. And I talked about there's one. Well, I think the reason they hit the wall was they got an owner that didn't want to spend a dime, and he wasn't going to spend a dime. And uh, that's what was so frustrating about him. Well, I remember they had one GM for like 15 years uh, who was pretty much like early 80s, late 70s, and the early 60s, and he had one season over 500. What uh, was his name? Uh, I can, I'll have to look up in a second. Uh, but it was interesting that like that wouldn't happen nowadays. Imagine having a GM for any sports team the last 16 years and... Uh, he doesn't win anything. And then doesn't get fired. He retired because he was 90 years of age. Well, he just, uh, he couldn't force, he just couldn't force him to do it. Uh, oh, man, those things. All he did, they get a star player and they'd unload him. Get a star player and they'd unload him. So, he just, uh, I don't know. Get, that's why, Fans got so frustrated. That's why they quit the Uh Then they had almost where they were going to pull the team out of, uh, which surprises me that they did pull the team out of Cleveland. Then again, they knew that it was scrap being put on the field. And then uh, I can't think who they all bought the team. Jacobs. Jacobs was like, I know they get viewed as the team that saved Cleveland the, when the Jacobs uh, brothers bought the but team. They, uh, Made a few changes, started spending some money, and they tore it down. They tore yeah. the franchise down. They couldn't get in, and couldn't get a seat, couldn't get this. Then uh, I don't know who the hell owns it. Uh, who owns him now? Dolan's Paul Dolan. Okay, related to uh, it went from the Jacobs to Dolan. No, he's yeah, you know, he's related to the Dolans who had like Cablevision and yeah. stuff like that. He's a, uh, you know, he's not he doesn't have quite that level of money, but he's still uh, quite well to do owner. My, well, haven't done. <coughs> they really haven't done anything either. They've just scooted by. So I mentioned it at the at the top of the show, but our show is again brought to you today by RockAuto.com. RockAuto 
cuts out all the steps that would cost them money and pass that savings on to you. You're going to go to Rock Auto when you need a piece, a part, a floor mat, whatever it is for your car. You find your car and you very easily navigate through the site, through make and model, find that part you need and it gets shipped to you and their prices are extremely hard to beat. They are going to beat the local competitor nine times out of ten. And remember, when you go to rockauto.com and you buy that piece, that part, whatever it is for you, that you need for your car, in the little how did you hear about us section, write locked on, write locked on MLB, write locked on Indians. Just make sure you write locked on in there so they know that we sent you and that their sponsorship dollars are being well spent. Our other sponsor is our first local one, which is, again, very exciting for me that we have a local sponsor. And that is what we talked about, which is Ohio vs. Everyone. We talked about Monday's show for the first time. It is a brand new website that is all about Ohio sports. Any team in Ohio, you're going to find someone there who's writing about them. So when I went there, got the ad read, and I checked it out, I'm like, okay, so who's their Indians writer? Because I know most of the Indians guys, but there's always people popping up out of nowhere that I don't know, to be honest, anymore. But this wasn't that case. This is Matt Burtz. Probably butchering his name, so I'll apologize now because I butcher everyone's name. Matt and I have had hundreds of interactions over the year on twitter he uh, also is on yahoo's on first i want to say or wahoo's on first uh and we don't always agree i mean i talked about that last time but he is a maybe knows the history of the indians better than anyone uh very knowledgeable going to give you great coverage as would well everyone over on ohioverseeveryone.com uh, it's a fantastic site. It's going to be able to go find out about the Indians, the Blue Jackets, the Reds, the Bengals, the Cubs, the Browns, the Cavs. But of course, most importantly, go there and check out the Cleveland Indians. It's a great new site. I, they had probably the best pitching staff the team has had since, you know, the the days of, of Lemon. And, you know, when Lemon and Feller yeah. and them were at peak, the, the group they had now is probably the best one to five, you know. Not the group now, but the group that just got, you know, when Kluber was at peak, yeah. when Carrasco was there, Bauer, uh, you know. It's that like was a good, good. Clevenger. And, and Bieber. Like, if everyone had been healthy last year, that would have been the, probably the best staff they'd ever had. Because one to five, every pitcher was at, you know, some point a top five side young guy. Which is, like I said, it's... it's your injuries have played a big part mm-hmm. in their uh, not being able to put anything together. Yeah, you can go through the Indians. I mean, I don't know compared to other franchises, but when you look at, you know, my generation, someone like Grady Sizemore, whose career was done at 27, and at that point in time, his baseball reference comps were Duke Snyder and Barry Bonds. Or, you know, go back to a guy. Did you get to see Herb score? No. Was he before you? Before my time. Before your time. Or even someone like Ray Chapman, who, you know, definitely way before your time, but who died on the field. The Indians do seem to have... Yeah. a bit more of a curse when it comes to, to young players who show amazing promise yeah. and things go sideways. They even had, you know, Smokey Joe Wood, though they had him after he transitioned to an outfielder after his arm had, had uh, flamed out with the, the Red Sox after he had been another before-your-time guy. He was on the 1918 squad that won the, the World Series. But they they have had a lot of guys who, and if you want to go back with Shoeless Joe, you could argue he's a snake bit character in just baseball history as well, and yeah. he, you know was in Cleveland, so it's 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 an interesting thing in that regard. I was going to ask, I was always kind of curious because growing up uh, in the family, I felt like Granny, my grandmother, your mom was more the baseball person. Was she the one who got you on baseball? Was it? Uh, yeah, Bill? she liked she liked baseball. I don't think any of them. Were, my parents were really hot to trot into them. I mean they. Just started following them. And then when they 
it started getting good. I started following him even mm. more. But uh, at least I was in the age where I got to see him where they were good, where they were the best of the best. They should have won the World Series that one year, uh, bar none. The 97 implosion, where they went to extra innings. Yeah, that was, that, 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 without a doubt, they had the best team in Major League Baseball, and it just didn't pan out. Know, and year. then 95, yeah, when they set all the records. But always, yeah. it's, it's interesting that, uh, you know, the great teams in the 50s, when you were a kid, had all pitching, no hitting. Yeah. And then those 90s teams had all hitting and very weak pitching. It was the complete opposite. That well, they just... they, it's, it, I don't know. I didn't was never that fond of Corrales or whatever his name was. I think he should have taken that team to the World Series. Uh, a couple of the, their managers sucked from get-go, period. Yeah, Hargrove <laughs> did seem to struggle when he left Cleveland and they had when he didn't have the elite talent he had had when had, he went to Seattle. They had the talent, uh, and they just—I don't know what they did, but they didn't manage very good in Cleveland. Yeah, it was. I I think what we've actually seen in the past few years is the most consistent run of Indians production, even more than those '90s teams, because those '90s teams we had like '94, they were set to make the postseason. We'll never know what happened, but by like '99, that run was kind of already done. Uh, so the Indians' current run started in 2013, I want to say. And yes, they did not make the postseason last year, but they have been in the hunt for yeah. just about every year. So 2013 to 2019, we'll see how 2020 goes whenever the season starts. But that run is officially longer than the 90s Indians run. Yeah. Uh, so if over the whole course of your life, if you had to say who are your top five favorite Cleveland Indians... Tommy, Albert Bell, um, name players. Like, uh, would Woody, Woody Heller, you talked about, would he probably make that list? He wouldn't have made, he wouldn't have made for your top five. Top five list of the top five players. Uh, uh, Manny Ramirez, another potential Hall of Ram, Yeah, Ram, Ramirez, uh, <coughs> that shortstop. Omar Vizcano. Just on defense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, guys like Lofton, and then in the recent run, you had like Victor and Travis Hafner, and I, I wouldn't cut Hafner was good, but he wasn't in that class. It was a short run. Would it be any of the pitchers like a Kluber or a Sabathia, a Lee? Once again, they're short. They, they, yeah. I mean, long term, Sabathia could have been in that list, but he scooted on the team pretty uh, early as soon as he could, so he never. I don't classify any of the pitchers, really. Uh, if you want to classify some of the pitchers, then you go back to Sam McDowell and Sonny Siebert mm. and that age. Uh, those guys were what have been. So you mentioned him. I have to ask, do you remember the Sonny Siebert trade when they traded for Hawk Harrelson? And then he refused to report to camp, but he was supposed to be like the star of those teams offensively. Well, he was... I didn't... That was another stupid trade. He was nothing more than... He never could hit for average. He never did anything other than... He was a name. He had that... Well, he had... I, I looked at the data. He had one big year. The year they traded it. for him, and that was it. And he was out of baseball two years later. Yeah. And I think he had already... Um, 
was it, it was like Chris Chambliss or someone like that who was already ready to take his place at first. Like, he was pretty quickly replaced at first base. He basically retired knowing that his time was up. Well, Chris Chambliss got traded to the Yankees. Yeah. For a franchise, you know, he was a franchise player. He carried the Yankees for a couple of years. Uh, it was it was interesting. I found the uh, the article from the New York a New York paper at the time, where they talked about how terrible that deal was, because they they needed a second baseman, not a first baseman, and the Indians were getting a potential star pitcher who didn't end up turning into anything. So that was that feels like that was the story of the day. Whenever I'd look up these deals, a lot of times teams thought the Indians did well. Like the news media would report, even other cities that the Indians did well in these trades, but they could not seem to develop those. So that was an interview with me and my father. Uh, try that again. So that was an interview with me and my father talking about baseball, his history, his knowledge. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've talked about my father on the podcast before. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been my father. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, thank you for rating, reviewing, downloading. You fans are the reason this podcast is going so strong. And as always, go Tribe.